Seek to glorify God through the edification of La Raza. We are your hosts, Martin B. Firme, Justin Corona, not the virus. This is Brother Vic. Together we are Reformed Raza. This is Reformed Raza. And I accidentally hit both button, buttons at the same time, but we good. We still hood up in here. Welcome back to another episode of Reform Raza, glorifying God through the edification of the saints. And we are here. And I know, I know that last time we were gonna do something a little bit different. But thank you for tuning in. You can catch us at reformrasa.com. Catch us on Apple, on Spotify on anchor on any podcast streaming platform hit us up on instagram hit us up on facebook you can find all that fun stuff uh right there uh yeah reformplaza.com handle it go visit us do it wait, wait, wait. <laughs> do it there you go <laughs> yeah listening listen to, to, to dark cities and and just do it just do it so uh, as we begin this episode, we want to congratulate. Uh, first of all, thank you for everybody who uh, commented, liked, and shared on the on the contest on on our giveaway. That was pretty dope for it to see everybody, um, you know, just participate. So gracias to everybody, and shout out to the homie John De Presby. For winning the contest. Hey, Cusito. Congratulations. Come on for an abrazo, ese. Orale, kyo. <laughs> I had to do that. This guy. <laughs> I had to do Congratulations. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, man. So, yeah. Shout out to the homie out there. Um, he'll be joining us very, very soon uh, for, an epi- for an ep- uh, another episode on Church Hurt. I know last time. We said that this episode is going to be the church hurt one, uh, but there's some uh, arrangements that we still have to make because we want to get a special guest on there. So we're going to postpone that one for next episode. But today we're going to get it in. What are we going to get it in today? Today we're going to be talking about the Trinity. Noise. And why the Trinity is something that is very, uh, something that is foundational for us as Christians. Um, and yeah. Because with this topic, I mean, there's within the, the major evangelical realm of Christianity, there's um, various views on the Trinity that um, make God to be something else that is not in Scripture, um, whether it's through modes um, or oneness or, you know, any, any, of, any other um, forms that they try to place the Trinity to be that it's not. Um, so yeah, today we're going to be talking about the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and we also have a, a, a special guest, um, somebody that is very uh, close to us and serves alongside us at RCLA, our church. His name is Paul. <laughs> that was like anticlimactic. Like, <laughs> I was waiting for you to press the button. Okay, okay, okay. So here, 
in in the uh, black corner wearing the black trunks laced in black. <laughs> all black. Have, all black. We have Paul. old rock song thank you for joining us brother this is brother paul not the washer oh well you know i'm uh, i'm gonna wash all these oneness people but we're gonna be graceful and fruitful um you know we're just gonna see how you know this is a very personal thing for me mm-hmm. you know i i grew up over 20 plus years in a oneness church they um, labeled themselves as Oneness Pentecostal, and uh, they were part of a PAW denomination, which is Pentecostal Assemblies of the World. And um, of the world, Craig. Of the world. <laughs> of the but, world, Craig. <laughs> not flight. But they um, currently they are considered non-denominational, so they no longer bang Oneness theology specifically anymore. But. This is very close and near dear to my heart every time in worship or even in service, whenever something is related to the Trinity or Christological theology, I immediately get emotional. Yes. You know, even even thinking about it right now, just talking about it, you know, I get really emotional talking about these things because when I was on my journey, I felt as if I didn't know God because I grew up quote unquote in a church but at the same time I felt like all my years had gone wasted because did I truly have a intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ did I really know who he was did I understand the implications of the gospel you know when I was maybe six years old and around August 2001 my dad baptized me in the name of Jesus Christ you know and that theology is completely different. And then I remember about a year later or a little bit earlier than that, um, when I was a kid, they tried to have me speak in tongues as evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost. But even at the same time, when I'm talking about these things, it doesn't make sense that you're talking about Christ and you're talking about the Holy Ghost. You know, are you talking about two persons, one person? You know, what are you talking about? What do these things mean? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like when I was a kid, all I remembered was um, being afraid of the rapture, being left behind, getting my head chopped off and yeah. for Christ if, if I denied him, right? Or just didn't believe in the rapture at all. And that Jesus Christ is the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I didn't really have that much of a foundation as a kid even as a young adult but god <laughs> you know those, that's that's the greatest thing that you can hear is but god those two simple little words but god he through apologetics you know through apologetics and and hearing all these men defend the gospel from david wood to james white to rc sproul whoever it may be or even john MacArthur. They were talking about the Trinity. They were talking about the gospel. Yeah. And then I stumbled upon Ray Comfort and he, mm. in his evangelism, and I heard the gospel. I felt broken because I was like, dang, dude, after all these years, I claimed to be a Christian and yet I'm not a Christian. Yeah. And that's exactly why we're doing this episode, because um, it's fundamental to the Christian faith 
and um you know straight out just to contradict oneness pentecostalism uh theology because any whack theology is always gonna hurt whatever it is whatever whack theology that's being presented out there whether it's prosperity gospel whether it's a, a pelagian theology whether it's a works-based salvation whatever whack theology is out there it's gonna hurt people because the truth the, the, the truth cannot infiltrate someone like that unless it's being presented, right? Uh, so, whack theology hurts people. You know? Hashtag that thing. Whack theology hurts people. I was going to say, you can, you can quote that. You can quote me on that. So, yeah, bro. So, we, you know, thank you for coming on, uh, first of all. And just uh, before we get really get into it right now, uh, just we want to know for the audience knows, uh, you know, you already said something about your background and, you know, what the Lord uh took you out of and i just want to ask like uh what church you go to and how do you serve okay well i'm part of rcla shout out to rcla i just asked you that question just so we can do that well you know (laughs) but you know what i this uh summer around august would be two years since i've been faithfully with rcla and you know everybody that's come and gone they've been a blessing to me they have no idea how how much they've been a blessing to my life even you guys you know i have so much love for you guys you guys have no idea Praise you God. know you likewise. guys are my you guys are my broskies <laughs> likewise bro likewise. <laughs> it goes both ways brother and yeah bro and you know every time we know we, we gather you know fellowship at the church we're always talking deep theological things and we always seem to talk about the trinity and and you know just you know the 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 just who god is and you know the the effects you know how it affects one to know uh god as being triune and you you've been very passionate very zealous about this doctrine so you know we thought we'd bring you on because you have a lot of knowledge to to give and we're gonna we're gonna chop it chop it up you know what i mean so um also how do you serve at rcla well i am part of the worship team and it's a blessing to be a part of it, to help lead the congregation and God's people in song and worship. And also in youth group, I'm one fourth of, a, of the leaders that help. So it's amazing just to be um, serving God and to actually be practical in all the things that we know, right? Yeah. It's dope to really just continue and see that when you really understand God's nature, when you really understand God completely, you have a life that is just filled with doxology and filled with, um, with like what they say, right? That it's filled with fruit, right? The root is our salvation, but the, but the fruit of our salvation is what our works. And it's dope just to see it actually played out. Yeah. That's the response that is the, the call for, for us as believers, right? Because we, we receive the gospel, and the gospel call is to repent and believe, and it's demonstrated by that, right? A life of doxology, praise to God, and with that follows love for God, love for neighbor and self. Yeah, one thing I just wanted to add, like, yeah, after, after church, when we fellowship, uh, our brother Paul right here, it's always about... Trinity doc- doctrine theology, and if y'all don't, you can't see right now, but he's actually wearing Trinity shirt, a Trinity <laughs> hat. 
representing tonight. <laughs> so <laughs> he wants so, to go in. He wants to go in tonight. So Paul, for those of those, to just to clarify, what is the Trinity? If you can tell our audience, what is the Trinity? The Trinity is the orthodox position of Christendom that believes that God is one being or one essence shared by three persons, meaning that we believe in monotheism, but the type of monotheism that we believe in is called Trinitarianism. Now, there's different types of monotheism. There's Unitarianism, there's Binitarianism, and there's also a very rare branch that's called, uh, I think it's called um, Quadrinitarianism, something like that. You know, it's four. They try to, they try to include Mary, Mm. And some people try to throw that at, at Catholics, but at the same time, it's like, dang, dude, that's a straw man. Yeah. You know? Mm. Yeah, hardcore. <laughs> but yeah, the Trinity is the belief in one God has revealed himself, and we, be- we-, we see that in Scripture through progressive re- revelation, right? We see that God has revealed himself as only one God. There's no God beside him. Isaiah 40 through 48, you have God in his courtroom, per se challenging other gods to show what's different between them and him and he's showing mockingly right that he's the only creator there's no one beside him but in the new testament we have the revelation of jesus christ who is god incarnate but yet at the same time he says he's sent from god he is from the father he's from above he's not of this world and not only that, but he talks about another advocate, another paraclete, right? Which means another helper or another advocate. So this means, what is all this terminology? What does this mean? If God is truly one, as it states in uh, De- Deuteronomy 6, 4, we believe in one God. But how, is he, how has he revealed himself to us through all of scripture, not just Old, but also New Testament, right? So it's not only sola scriptura. But it's also tota scriptura. Yeah, all of scripture. All of scripture. So, so how how does Trinitarian theology differ from oneness? Well, there's different branches of oneness. You have um, Unitarianism, which which is means uh, unipersonalism. We um, look at that commonly as uh, for a more mainstream appeal. Look at the Muslims. They believe that Allah is purely only one, mm-hmm. solely one. But at the same time, they say that Allah, his word cannot be separated from him. So in the Quran, it talks about the word of Allah giving life, right? It talks about different things that are not just attributes, but there's person, there's personality to the word of Allah, also his spirit. Mm-hmm. So the thing is that when we look at scripture, do we see that God being personal in creation is is his word also personal is the holy spirit personal like in the book of job it says that the 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 spirit gave life to job right and that's um that's also replicated in the nicene creed which which talks about the holy spirit he's the giver of life yeah right he's personal within his creation even the first two verses of genesis right says in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and then right after that, it says that the earth was out for form, it was void, and the, the spirit of God was hovering over it. So you have God and the spirit of God. So is the spirit of God from God or is he God himself? 
or is it some t- something that's like separate from him or is it something that's with him together yeah you know it's something that you really need to consider and actually look at these deep things yeah. just to see what it actually means yeah because uh there's there's a lot of uh i think on the one side there's a lot of just uh just taking in at face value and not really asking those kind of questions like yeah hey, like you just asked like certain t- types of scriptures that that say something but they just kind of like glance over it and don't really get into it you know what i mean one of one of the one of them being you know uh when adam and Eve fell like the man be, the man has become like one of us you know what i mean knowing good and evil and that us right there depending on which translation you're you're, you're reading it's going to be capitalized and capitalize us and you know we usually see capital letters when saying something about who god is you know what i mean mm-hmm. i remember asking uh one of my sisters this question well, what's what's the us she said it was the the father it was god the angels and and satan i was like what <laughs> that's that's super Ooh. off you know what i mean wait a minute that really like just uh, what's the word for it cringe is like why would you mention satan yeah in there no my bad that's just yeah uh. but 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 those are the kind of things that that they don't consider is those kind of scriptures like the us well when you look at it let's actually go a couple of uh chapters back right that's in that's in chapter um three let's go to chapter one where god is saying let us make man in our yeah, own image according to our likeness but check this out a lot of oneness would say that well when god says us there it's either the plural of majesty or God was talking, like you said, how your um, sister would say yeah. that God was speaking to either the angels or creation, right? And yeah. some type of creation or creatures. But the thing is that God, if you're if you're having that type of standard, you're saying that God is relying on something, so He's not completely, completely um, sustaining everything. That means yeah. that He needs recognition. He needs all these things in order to receive glory. So that God is relying on creation to receive something in return. So that God is not all powerful. He's actually very weak. Yeah. He's at the mercy. Yes. Yeah. Of another. So, yeah. So it's, it's those kind of scriptures that people really, really got to dig into and discover who is that. So who is us in that scripture? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Can be no other because even if you're gonna say that the us is something else, that means other uh, beings or creatures partook in creation. Yes. So and that can't be. You know what I mean? That's blasphemy. Okay, especially really if we yeah. if we um, look at what um, what a lot of these oneness people would try to claim about Christ. Yeah. Right. A certain creature cannot receive glory. You know, if you were to apply that apply that same standard. This creature has to be something that is divine. Only God can receive glory. Nothing that is purely creature can do that. You know? Mm-hmm. But uh, even even when you look at us, right? Even at Genesis 11, when God was saying, let us go down and confuse the languages. Yeah, right? there you go. The, this dilemma is that not only do you hear that God is singular but also there's some type of plurality and unity and unity and plurality as it says in the athanasian creed and the dilemma is well what do you do you have a singular god but yet at the same time he revealed himself plurally and going back to um, what i mentioned about the plural of majesty mm-hmm. there's nothing in in church history that talks about that 
that's only as recent as medieval times or right before and right at the time of the King James Bible, right? Jewish historians and and other scholars, they never, God has never shown any type of plural of majesty referring to himself as that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so... So we're, we're, we're saying a lot of theological terms and saying a lot of things like that. Um, but how important is it for believers to really uh, hold on to a Trinitarian view of, of God? Like, it, you know, because is, is it really, you know, I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. Yeah. Is it really that big of a deal to to hold to a Trinitarian uh, format of, of, of God? It really is, because if you if you notice, there's a... There's a big, there's a big picture when you look at people who hold to an anti-Trinitarian doctrine. They are, they have a lot of weird doctrine. Yeah, so it's not just the oneness, it's everything that comes with it too, right? Yeah, there's a lot of baggage and there's a domino effect, right? Because our foundation is Trinitarian theology and when if we have the right God, immediately we can have that steady foundation to explore and have the Holy Spirit illuminate our hearts and make us conscious to to sound doctrine, you know? But I would refer everybody to the Athanasian Creed, which states in the last part that if you do not hold to this Catholic belief, meaning universal, then you cannot be part of the church Catholic. You cannot be. We're not Roman Catholics here. Nah. <laughs> nah, because people will hear that and be like, "What do you mean Catholic?" Well, you, man, you gotta be on your Reformed theology to understand that 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 just means the uni- universal church. The Roman Catholic Church is what you know is what is is apostate. Yes. Roman Catholic Church, not just the word Catholic in it of itself, because that word is thrown so you know loosely that we just gotta remember that. The, the Christian faith is Catholic. Yeah, I, I think when, when I first started reading um, the Apostles' Creed and I started seeing the word Catholic, and this was like years ago, I remember just like squinting my eye being like, mm, I'm Christian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and until, of course, coming to the understanding of, you know, in its conception, it was universal. Um, but the capital R, capital C, that's the Roman Catholic, and that's its own entity apart from the meaning. So it's its own apostate church. Apostate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, let me let me just quote the last the last uh, mm-hmm. sentence from the Athanasian Creed. This is the Catholic faith. One cannot be saved without believing it firmly and faithfully. Now, it was not written by Athanasius himself, but it, it took his name because he was very very passionate of the trinity especially during the time of nicaea and the and before he died um the the council of Constantinople took place as well so there this without people actually understanding the trinity they can they're susceptible to falling to a lot of doctrine that can be very legalistic or antinomian and there's no balance between that because it'll either lean towards either side so how 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 then is this trinitarian uh, format how how is it embedded in the gospel then 
Like, if if we need the gospel to be saved, and that's all we need, then why do we need to understand the Trinity? Or does the Trinity has has to do with the gospel also? It is the gospel. Mm. Because God hath ordained in the covenant redemption, right? Using big words again. Yeah. <laughs> Using the covenant redemption, each person within the triune God took on a role in redemptive history. The Father would be the fountain of deity. The Son would become incarnate. And he would die for the people whom the Father has selected for himself or elected specifically, right? And the Holy Spirit would apply the Son's work to those people and make them alive or resurrect them from spiritual death, right? Each person within the Triune God has a role in redemption. And the thing is that when you look at John, he says that if you do not believe that Christ had come in flesh, he says that you're anti-Christ. So this is a very specific and a very important doctrine. But the thing is that is Jesus the Father? There it is. That is the main thing. That's the main thing right there that we need to answer here today because you see it everywhere. You're going to see it everywhere. People saying that Jesus is the Father. And they go hard for that. They really do. They have this whole theology on on Jesus being the Father and how, you know, they bring up Isaiah and things like that. Um and so we need to be able to understand and explain how Jesus is not the Father. Like, here's something that really, uh, I'd say, bothered me uh, a couple of days ago. So, I was, you know, stuff just pops up in your news feed and you're just you're like, all right, let, let's see what this guy has to say. Let's see what this fool has to say. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Feed me. So, so, um, so anyways, uh, a song was playing. You, you know that song, Good, Good Father. Yes. Which, of, of course, Chris Tomlin. song, Chris Tomlin. So this song was playing, and someone yelled out, "Who's a good, good father?" And someone yelled, "Jesus!" I'm like, "No!" <laughs> I'm like, "No, no, that's no, that's not." Sh-. I, was, I was yelling at my screen, "No, that's not true. That's no." But um, it's very important to 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 know to know the, this uh, this difference between you know uh, uh, oneness and, and the, the Trinity. It's really it's really important. But that just that just bothered me the other day. I'm like, man, people need to step up in their in their theology game. Yeah, yeah. if you don't mind, um, this week uh, I don't know if you guys remember the uh, Christian skits where they would put a song like "Everything" by Lifehouse. Oh yeah, and then yeah. they would act out like yeah. a, a life of being a Christian. So they had one of Good Good Father. I look at look at the Holy Spirit working. <laughs> and they when I was listening to it, Tabitha's my witness. Uh, I was cringing very very hard because I told her this is making my brain hurt. <laughs> Not only that, but it was making me sad because theology matters. Yeah, big time. It mm-hmm. matters, and there's a lot of people who are not just conscious or aware of wanting to know that sometimes you have to be specific with doctrine. Yep. You have to be. It's a hard pill to swallow, but we have to be if we're called to be Christian and understand sound doctrine, we need to, we have a call from the apostle Paul, right? Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's important that we are able to make distinctions between the various persons of the Trinity and what they do for us. Um, In our redemption throughout the gospel. Um, An example is we have some brothers that that we know of. And and, and, and in the same way, 
uh, it bothers me sometimes when whenever people mention them, even just one of them, they're twins. They're brothers, but they're twins. And <laughs> and anytime they mention even just one of them, they'll say the twins. And they'll always refer to them as just one person, like an like like one like like they'll group them together, even though maybe it was just one of them that was there, or or they or they can't tell which one was the one that did what. I'm like no, like like the, like they're they have their own names. They're their own person. Like attribute like the work to the person that did it, instead of uh, always grouping them together. Um, and 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 so like in the same way, like like with the Trinity, like sometimes we pass on the 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 glory to Jesus Christ. Sometimes when it was actually the Holy Spirit that did this thing. Some people will say, oh, it was Jesus Christ who worked in my heart that, 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 you know, I wanted to give this person a dollar or I wanted to do this for this person or, or even just attributing, oh, you know, it was the, the father when he was on the cross. I heard that before. Yes. When you start mixing the roles of the persons, yeah. it, it really damages, um, when you start to think of, because then you start to think, well, it's, it's just one God. Instead of three persons, you start thinking it's just one God changing forms or taking on a different name in that moment. Or changing the, changing its mask, wearing a different mask. Yeah. And, and, and so I guess correctly applying each, each of their roles to the correct persons of the Trinity um, is very beneficial, especially for us, because then it causes us to really think about, okay, well, what, what role does the Holy Spirit have in, in my redemption? And and in my day-to-day life versus what role does the father have? Um, and, and, you know, this is why there's even books about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit gets forgotten a lot of times yep. because everyone attributes everything to just the father and the son, um, you know, skimming over that the Holy Spirit is the one that is applying the work done by the son, applying the, the um, decrees that the father has made and 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 helping to push it forward that the, that these things happen in, in such a way, um, yeah. No, I completely understand you. Let me let me uh, pick, paint a picture for you guys, okay? Dang, Let, I didn't know you brought brushes and yeah. Canvas. I'm about to paint it right <laughs> yeah. now. Like, Bob Ross, right here. check this out, right? <laughs> I'm gonna show you how how scary it can be. Um, so we have the Triune God, right? We have the Father eternally. In eternity past, decreeing, doing his eternal decrees, and whether you're in for a supra, whatever the case may be, the, the point is that he is decreeing eternally something to happen with these people that whom he has given to the son because he loves the son so much. And then the son will die for them, live the life that we cannot live, die the death that we deserve, right? And the, the Holy Spirit, he is the one who applies all that, right? He applies the work of the Son to us. And he is the giver of life, like I said, also another advocate, another helper. Mm-hmm. He isn't the Son, because if that's the case, then we have to argue in the Greek. And the Greek is very specific. But the thing is that when you change something, immediately you have a different God. Why? Check this out. Yeah, let's 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 make for argument's sake that Jesus is the Father. Okay, Jesus is the Father. How does that how does that play a role in His humanity? Not only that, but also what happens after that, and His humanity is glorified. What is, what role does the Holy Spirit have? 
like there's a lot of arguments that I've heard that they'll say, well, God is holy and he and according to John four, he is a spirit. So he's the Holy Spirit. But that argument is terrible because that's not what we're saying, because Christ himself is the one who says that he, the Holy Spirit, will come for you. Right. He will come to you. So you have to argue with Christ. But think about it like this, right? If you have a if you have that Jesus is the father and you and he's the Holy Spirit, right? He, he is the one person within God that's only sharing the being of God himself. Who is he loving eternally? Mm. This and this is a philosophical question. How can you love how can you love without another person being with you? Now, the thing is that person gets thrown thrown too much. And a lot of oneness people use them interchangeably. Sorry. They use them interchangeably and they say that, well, a person is a being, but we're not using the same term with person. Mm-hmm. We're referring to something or someone who is cognitive or just conscious or aware of their existence. But yet... This person is sharing essence with another person. Take an example for Christ, right? In John 10, 30, he says, I am my father. We are one, right? In the Greek, it's very, it's very specific. It says esmen, meaning that we are one. That would have been a perfect time for one of people to say, well, if Christ is the father, grammatically, he would have said, my father, I am my father is one, Right. But it doesn't it doesn't make any sense when you really when you really start breaking it down. But one of the one of the things that they that they try to do, they would go to Isaiah or they would go to um, any other um, old Old Testament book and they would say, see, this is a singular God. And he says that he's going to come in his creation and, and do this and do that. Well, amen. I agree with you. But the thing is that. Not only is he saying that, but it's it's very it's very particular. Like Isaiah 48, it says that now my God has sent me and his spirit. It's like, wait a second. Who's who? Yeah. Who's who? And how is that even possible? Because a lot of a lot of strawman arguments that people try to really comprehend or just play out they just don't understand the eternality of christ and the holy spirit and their personality of them eternally existing right and that's why when when i it's amazing when a lot of uh oneness people they try to immediately blame the roman catholic church and blame nicaea yeah they always try to blame that council for everything how so? Enlighten us. Well, they'll say, well, that's a Roman Catholic Greek myth- mythological understanding of God. And that's not how that's a man-made doctrine. That's not yeah. a biblical doctrine. OK, well, if that's not a biblical doctrine. We understand in Deuteronomy 6, 4, there's one God. But yet in Christ's baptism, John the Baptist witnessed this. He heard a voice from heaven. He's seen Christ personally being God himself and he sees the Holy Spirit descend as a dove Mm-mm-mm. the way the way I love James White and I know a lot of people have opinions about him but specifically about the Trinity he says that the apostles were 
experiential Trinity, Trinitarians. Mm-hmm. They ex- they personally experience the Trinity. That's crazy right there. That is crazy. And you know what? You can't argue with that. Like, that portion right there in Scripture, there's no arguing with that. Because you're going to have to work really hard to say that, 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 how, or how can you say that God has different modes of functioning when you see right there in Jesus' baptism, the Trinity right there, you see it. All because the word Trinity is not a scripture, so you can't affirm it or you can't use that word. And that's, that's something that I hear a lot too. Oh, that's, you know, that's a Roman Catholic. And the Roman Catholics do a Father, Son, Holy Spirit baptisms, and we don't want to be like Roman Catholics. Yeah. But it's, it's straight out in scripture that says that we yeah. are to baptize in that way, though. But the apostles, let's get into this. Go ahead. The, the apostles, they baptized in Jesus' name. So, therefore, the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is Jesus. Bro, I was going to I was gonna bring up the same thing. Yeah. I was like, because Jesus in, in, in one portion says, baptized in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts... You see, I believe Peter was said, be yeah. baptized in the name of Jesus. So they put that, that their systematic theology said, oh, Jesus said the name, meaning one name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So who's that one name to represent all of them? Oh, this scripture says Jesus. So Jesus is the name of the Father. Jesus is the name of the Son. And Jesus is the name of the Holy Spirit. And Oh no, that, that just cringes too. too you, you, also. Know, you know what's ironic? It's just so funny. They'll talk about they'll they'll bag on Nicaea so hard, but then when they bring that up, I like to bring up. Well, in 1914, a man came around and said that same exact thing, and before that, we never heard anything like that. So who's actually a man-made doctrine? Mm-mm-mm. So so so, how do we deal with with that scripture in particular then? Which one? The the one in in, in Acts where where uh, Peter baptizes in the name of Jesus. Well, let's let's ask the oneness person. Should we baptize them in the name of the Lord Jesus? In the name of the Lord? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? In the name of Jesus? In the name of Jesus Christ? Because no, depending on the denomination or or the person's conviction they need to be very specific because if you're not baptizing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not saved. If you're not baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you're not saved. Jesus, not saved. So it depends. Which one? Pick and choose. <laughs> so there's no consistency in that. There isn't. Yeah. But the thing is that Acts 2.38, think about it like this. Peter giving the first, the first sermon of the risen Christ, speaking to Jews, telling them, you need to be baptized in what? In the authority of Christ. That's what name means. It means to to be in under his authority now. Yeah. And what was his authoritative um, response? Matthew 28, 19. I'm just throwing it out there right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dang, bro. And that's why theology matters. Not only that, but hermeneutics. Mm-hmm. That's the key word. Yeah. Especially when debating oneness they have terrible hermeneutics god bless them <laughs> that's on the real that's on the real. and scripture itself gives distinctions on the roles of the father son and holy spirit i always i mean the one that i always go to is um 
John 17 in the Jesus High Priestly Prayer. Yes. John 17, 20 says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you have sent me, and have, and love them even as you love me. That right there, that Lazarus, that you love them just as you love me. How, where does this concept of God being love come from? How is that expressed? It's, it's expressed in, in, in eternity past, and the love that, that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit shared. And that love has come down to us and expressed itself in the gospel. And this is how we know what love is. Because we have the eternal example of love. And this is something that, that, that I teach my kids. Like, just as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. And they're in unity. We also need to be like that as people of God. Because they are one. We also need to be one as well. Nah, Jesus is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, so he's all by himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he right? can't. He would, can't do would any that. Would that be uh, tripolar, or what? Because bipolar, right, is when you have like a split personality. Yeah. So, so would that be tripolar? Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. He, he has uh, different persons inside his own mind. Yeah. So that 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 wouldn't even make sense. Yeah. One doesn't make sense, you know. And and also too, when we're talking about the Trinity. Um, we have examples even within our own Bible, right? I mean, we could say, you know, everything outside of the Bible um, of ways that we could attribute it. But, but even when you break it down to the different persons of the Trinity, Scripture in itself and even Jesus goes on to talk about how he, Jesus, has divinity within himself. Mm-hmm. He is comparing himself, not comparing himself, but he is holding himself up as God. Yes. And we know that scripture says that there is only one God. Even Jesus says that himself. Yes. There is only one who is good. There is only one God. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes on to say later. And and with this, we come to this conclusion, even even before the word, even before Tertullian. To, to, Tertullian. Uh, Tortillas. 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 Even before, yes, tortillas. Uh, I don't know why I can't pronounce it right now. I'm trying to say it, but it won't come out correct. I got you, Tertullian. Tertullian. Yes. All right, yeah. So even before he came with the phrase, right, Trinitas, unit, you know, that whole phrase, right, Trinity. Yes. Even before that, there was still an idea that this existed, but has yet to be put out in in a type of phrase or wording. Uh, because we see Jesus attributing to himself divinity that only God has. And then at the same time, um, looking forward and expressing about who the Holy Spirit is and the, and the divine nature that is in the Holy Spirit as well. And so we, we see examples of these three persons carrying in themselves divinity while not in any type of competition with one another because they they're they're still um pointing out that there's only one god yeah for example um 
to destroy a oneness person's um, theology, look at church history as well. Like you mentioned, you mentioned one of the early church fathers who was clearly a descendant from the disciples themselves. Mm-hmm. If you even look at the first generation to the second generation after the apostles, they had the same apostolic teaching, which the oneness people would try to say, well, we're, we're, we're apostolic because we have the apostolic teaching. No, you don't. Because if that was the case, you would actually be apostolic. Yeah. I'm taking that name back. Yeah, we I'm, taking, I'm taking apostolic back and I'm taking Catholic back. But the thing is that um, they have no place in church history. They have no place in church history because who can they quote? To, to proclaim their oneness. Jesus. Oh yeah, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> but what about the what about his disciples? His that his um his apostles, their apostles and their apostles' apostles. Mm-hmm. Right? They all had this same ideology, like what like what Justin was saying, that there's this one God, but yet this one God He He took on humanity. But yet he's not the father and yet he's not the son. And this is the whole point of why the the um, the Council of Nicaea was coming up. Right. Like in like in the book of Acts, you had councils being brought up because of theological um, differences and impacts. Right. Either with circumcision like it was in Acts or even grace. And uh, what it means to be in the church Catholic. Yeah. Right? And looking at that, Nicaea is not what oneness people always try to put it out as. That was not the time where they were affirming the Trinity. They were actually affirming Christ mm-hmm. and him being truly God. Yeah, because the first, the first years of the early church in church history was to to solidate and really make it concrete that Jesus was God, yep. is God. Mm-hmm. That was the main goal. And then from there, we see the progression through church history of then solidifying every other doctrine that we hold now today, uh, you know, by God's grace, we don't have to work through all that as, as church history has. Um, but yeah. But yeah, that's why, yeah. Um, that's why even um, the apostles, they were preparing all of us for uh, Gnostics, right? Mm. Like John's epistles, it's anti-Gnostic. Yeah. Like um, Philippians and Colossians, those are anti-Gnostic gos- uh, gospels because not Gnostic, but anti-Gnostic, meaning that they were there were people who were saying that Christ didn't raise bodily; that he wasn't truly human, but he was truly human. He bled, yeah. he wept, he sweat, he died, right? But that's the thing. You have people who are actually proclaiming and saying, well, Christ, he's not really Jesus. He's not really truly God. He was like an apparition or a phantom. And he isn't really who he said he was, you know, <laughs> but yeah. it's it's insane to yes. to see just how the Holy Spirit was leading the apostles to equip us in Scripture, how to handle these situations. Right. Yeah, so let's deal real quick again with Jesus being the Father. Mm-hmm. Because we need to deal with that scripture. And Isaiah 9, 6 says, For us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
So the one is people would be like, boom, boom. You know what I mean? Got ammunition. Because so say that again. It. Okay, say that again. What ammunition? No, no, no. the sound effect. The sound effect. <laughs> yeah, when, I, I've been telling y'all for the longest time. When you get some shotgun sound effects, shoot your pow, shoot your pow. Have you heard a shotgun? <laughs> I'm boom, gonna be like boom. I thought, <laughs> boom. I thought you were about to drop a freestyle. Boom, chicka boom. <laughs> I said pow, not chicka boom. That's more like a beat. But so it calls. It says that Jesus is the everlasting Father right here. Yes. So he's the Father. So how do we deal with this scripture then? Well, I would actually would not focus on that part. I would focus on the part which the son is called mighty God. Mm-mm. There's only one God. So why is the son called mighty God? Mm-hmm. They never, they never pin that point. Yeah. So what, do, what does everlasting father mean then? That, that's what they focus on. Yeah. So let's do. deal with it. What's what, what, what does that entail then? Cause he's saying that, that Jesus is the father. Because it's calling him the everlasting father. So what does that mean? What is the everlasting father? Well, in the Hebrew, it means that he originates from from eternity. Mm-hmm. That's all it means. Yeah. And in, uh, in R.C. Sproul's um, Reformation Study Bible says that that term right there means that he's the father of eternity. Yes. So that's, that's, just, that's just talking about his eternality. Yes. That's all it's talking about. Yes, that he he himself is eternal, mm-hmm. which would actually help our case even more so, because the point is that for this is for different types of oneness. Right. You have oneness who believe that Jesus is the father, but you have oneness who say that Jesus was in the mind of the father. So you have like like I was mentioning, there's different sects yeah. of, of oneness and what they believe or what they try to articulate. And the thing is that, well, if Christ was in the mind of the Father, it could be argued that we are also in the mind of the Father. So what makes Jesus special and what makes us not special? Because he was just a man empowered by the Holy Spirit. So we are people empowered by the Holy Spirit. Little Therefore, gods. No. <laughs> and that, that's the conclusion that people are going to Where, Where's to. Benny Hinn and Creflo Dollar? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but do you see the, the, the avenues that you have to come to or the, the logical conclusion you have to come to in order to solidify oneness doctrine? Yes. It's, and that's why it's heresy and that's why it's blasphemy because you're talking about the nature of God, which is a very serious topic to be talking about you know and and of course there's always going to be that that um that mystery within the trinity Mm -hmm. if we were to fully know god 100 percent, then he wouldn't be god and he wouldn't be so you know majestic and all powerful because if we can know who this god is fully right now in our sinful you know fallen nature and how great and how big is this god yeah I love I love um, one thing that a lot of people say. They say, "Well, we have eternity to to understand all of that," but at the same time, in eternity, we could still. That's never. procrastination. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> Remember that old school commercial. <laughs> you're sitting on the couch. You pers- procrastinating. That one dude that that convicts you when you did this school, and he's like, "Go to college." The the guy that comes up after Maury. <laughs> no, actually, I like the hood version of that one. Man, get you. <laughs> Get up off the couch <laughs> <laughs> and get into your Bible. That's what it is. Get some commentaries and and, and really dig into to this you know doctrine because it's it's important. Mm-hmm. So, I, I guess approaching now the the last question, right? Is 
So before we get to the last question, actually, if we can sum up in, in, I guess, the most simplest terms we could use for new believers, uh, what is the Trinity? Well, I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm an uncle. I'm a cousin. And I'm one person. I'm a joker. I'm a... (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's the type of um, explanations that they use. Yeah. Honestly, I would just say this: that God is unique. Mm. In the mystery, in the mystery of God, we can only explain what we have revealed in Scripture. Mm-hmm. That there's only one God. Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. But yet, this one God became incarnate in Christ, and Christ called the Father God. The apostles called Christ God. The Holy Spirit is called God in Acts and Job and all over in Scripture. But yet there's only one God. Mm-hmm. To teeter any other direction is to teeter into heresy. It's a mystery that we must accept and believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a mystery that we must accept and believe. Dang. Dude, that's, that's a bar right there because that's true. Because you can't have three gods if all three persons are called gods. Obviously, they're not all separate gods or little gods or, you know, that if they're all called God, then there's that level of mystery that we do need to accept, just as you have said. So Mm -hmm. in in the Trinity, right, as you were expressing is that we have God one, right? There is one God. Mm He he in himself is um, there's three distinct persons of this one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and like how you mentioned, like, but within that Trinity is that mystery that, that though it's beautiful because we see it through Scripture and we see how in the Trinity there's perfect love. And this perfect love was willing to, to express itself upon its creation, us, that it would save us, that we may know the same love and, and replicate it in such a way, though it may not be perfect as God's, but so that by the expressed love, others would know the perfect love from which it came from. Uh, and, and this is something that's still a mystery you know, for all of us, right? Something that we won't be able to fathom just as we try to think upon you know, other, other things as far as the beginning of creation. And things like that. Some things that we are not able to fathom, even just election in itself. And 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 God's foreknowledge of all things and, and how he has predestined all things. And, and all these things, uh, they lead to a type of mystery that we won't, on this side of heaven, understand. Uh, but yet it's something that is crucial and it's something that is within the scriptures that, like how you mentioned, like we, though we don't understand it, we hold to it. Uh, because this is something that was foundational to us as, as believers. Mm-hmm. So, so even then, just leading to the last question that we have, um, which is, are people who deny the Trinity real Christians? So I, I guess, yeah, so if a person is a believer and they deny the Trinity, would that person still, would that, be, would that person be truly Christian, I guess? And before you answer that, this, this is a very important question. This is a very, and this question really does hit home to me, because um, my Victor's family, 
They'll, they'll deny the Trinity. They'll, tr- yeah. they'll, they'll deny the Word. I think, you know, they hold to a Trinitarian format, but not the, the label, I guess, right? But then there's, 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 there's times when they'll be like, they talk about the modes, you know, or the man- different manifestations. So I'm like, oh man, and it, and, and it does, it does, you know, uh, hurt me, and it, and it breaks my heart to, to think that they wouldn't hold to a true understanding of the Triune God. Mm-hmm. And so, just you know, this is a very personal question for me too. You know what I mean? So, and and this is one one that I'm, I'm, I'm gonna continue to struggle with, you know, because I see fruit coming from my family, and I see. You know that uh, that the love they they have or the zeal that they have for God, but then there's this like denial of the Trinity. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. So I'm, you know, that's 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 where I'm coming from. You know what I mean? So. Well, honestly, personally, I still struggle with it too. Yeah. Meaning that I have a lot of family, and it it does hurt because. When you try to speak to them about the gospel, for me, sometimes it's a little bit um, different because they see me more like a like a jokester. So when I do get serious, it's kind yeah. of like rubbed off the wrong way. But think about it like this. If somebody was to blatantly deny the Trinity because they say, well, it's it's a, a man-made doctrine and um, it's paganistic, then that's a different story. You're not orthodox. You cannot be within the Catholic the Catholic faith. You can't be within the covenant community. You're, you're a different type of breed, right? Just like um, how we believe the Roman Catholic Church, as soon as it affirmed the Council of Trent, it segregated itself yeah. and cut itself off from Christendom because they anathematized the gospel. Yeah. You know, that's the way I would I would put it similarly, right? That if you knowingly and blatantly deny the Trinity because of your own false God, your own false Christ, right? If if that's the case, then you need to repent. And you need to come to the knowledge of the true Christ and the true triune God. Other than that, there's people who are in ignorance of it. Right? Yeah. And it's because of uh, cultural Christianity, honestly. You know, they just may not know it because they just don't care. Or they just, people didn't, in their church system, didn't teach them. Yeah. But the thing is that now that we have all this knowledge, what can we do with it? Well... We do podcasts. There you go. <laughs> we do podcasts. That's right. We watch videos online. Yeah. We become informed of it. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no excuse now. Yeah. But the thing is that people in their tradition, in their sin, they want to hold to their false Christ. Yeah. But the thing is that, I remember I was talking to Martine about this a couple of weeks ago, that if you believe in a Christ that isn't existing but if you misplace him or just misrepresent him or mis or speak of him in, in a different sense, 
you have a different Christ. It's like what Paul was talking about the idols, right? Yeah. He said it's not about it's not about the the sacrificing of the idols that actually makes it effective. It's just that they're dumb and they're not even real. Yeah. But according to the person's mind and conscience, it is real to them. Even though those gods are not real and, and they're fake and they're dumb, to that person it's real. Yeah. Because of all the experiences and all the things that they had seen, right? Whatever, whatever senses they had experienced it with. But this is a really deep and personal thing that we have to say, you know what? In, in seeing and hearing these people deny the Trinity, either in ignorance or in blatant misrepresentation, we still got to love them. We still got to pro- proclaim the gospel to them. They're not any different from us, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, just the, the question itself is, is hard because we see that it is crucial and foundational for the um, for us as Christians, for our faith, because it's attributing each person of the Trinity as God. And to deny the deity of each person of the Trinity is to deny Christianity in itself. I mean, this is the reason why you know, through church history, they were solidifying that no, Jesus Christ is God, and that and that was very important because without that understanding, you there was no salvation from it. This is why Paul wrote, um, you know, in Galatians and um, uh, you know the other books of the Bible, you know, saying that Jesus is God, and this was crucial to what we believe. Because without denying that that Christ is God is now to, to have a, a Jesus totally different than who he truly is. Um, so with the Trinity in itself, if, you know, like how you mentioned, like through ignorance, um, whether it's just somebody that hasn't even looked into it and just saying that they, they don't they don't believe that the Trinity is real. Um, or maybe they have searched and don't see it. Maybe God has, you know, hidden it from them to be able to see until such a time. Um, but I think a harsh reality check is to say, I would very much question because to deny the Trinity is to deny that each person of the Trinity in itself is God. And that's something that we need to hold to as a believer. Yeah, I think uh, when it comes to to the Trinity, I don't think um, a lot of people have a problem saying that Jesus is God. I don't think a lot of people have a problem saying that the Father is God. I think people will come to the, the this thing that the Holy Spirit is not God. Mm-hmm. It's a force. And so I, I think uh, experiencing that... Remember, I think cut him off. I know that. I, 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 thought, I thought we were ending the episode already. I, I was like, dang. I have to say they're brothers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just imagine us in real life. Um, <laughs> no, no, but I think with, with people, um, I mean, I, I say this because I, I hear from, from my family that there's no denying that Jesus Christ is God. There's no denying that the Father is God. It's just uh, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, whenever you know we, we say he, they're, they're quick to correct. No, it's. Don't say that the Holy Spirit is He. Don't say that He's a person. It's it. Yeah, that gets that hurts. Right? That, that hurts right there. But I mean, 
Once you, once you continue, you can't argue with scripture. Jesus himself said, I'll he, send a helper and he, he will convict the, the world of sin. He will do this. He will do that. And so, I mean, even when you read the Bible, there, there's no denying the Trinity. Uh, uh, you know, I praise God that, yeah, you know, some people who, who believed in the oneness are now starting to see, wait a minute. Scripture clearly says, uh, by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Father and his Father, and then uh, you have scriptures like this in 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you mm, all. Mm, There's uh, certain scriptures. <laughs> There's certain scriptures that, I mean, even without knowing the his, his history side of it, once you really just dig in the Bible and start seeing certain things, you're going to pick up on, wait a minute. There's some sort of Trinity action going on throughout the Word of God, throughout the Bible. It's not just those certain certain uh, books of the Bible. It's throughout the whole Bible that you're going to start saying, like, wait a minute, there's something going on here. And so when it comes to even questions like that, I think that there's just a, there's just room for growth for, for everybody. Yeah. Not, not really saying that, oh, they're not saved or they're not Christians. Like, wait a minute, maybe these guys just need time to grow. Yeah. Maybe they just need to read the that, word of God. And, and hopefully it is ignorance, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. a, a blatant rejection of the Trinity, is, as Paul just said, is is anathematized. So we pray that it is ignorance, and if it is ignorance, then there is room to, to, to know. Either way, if you're listening to this right now and you have family members who are just like, or denying the Trinity or whatever, just um, continue to pray for them. You know, you yourself just pray for them. I, I would even to use that as an opportunity to help you in your personal growth too so that you know for us we may see okay like i understand the trinity you know i'm listening to these guys reform rasa and their podcast episode shout out to reform rasa uh, who are those guys <laughs> but but do i know personally if someone were to ask me where can i find the trinity in scripture am i able to point to it am i able to 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 um draw out the trinity from the scripture to show it to another person yeah and if somebody does believe you know doesn't i mean sorry does not believe in the trinity um am i am i so pressed to then show them that that it is so in scripture you know just like with the gospel if somebody um denies the gospel and they say that they're a christian we wouldn't just leave them alone no we would want to press to them and say no the gospel is this like how are you going to deny it it's right here in scripture and 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 that's where it comes right to to push us into uh into not not correction but but to help other brothers and sisters come to the same knowledge that we have that that is right here in scripture it's it's so that we can help edify each other not just take these things that we know and and hear somebody reject it and then be like all right well i'm just going to keep it to myself they reject it you know that's cool for them like no let us be so um worried for our brothers and sisters that they come to the same knowledge as well that, that we are to now share these things with other people so they come to the same conclusion so they too will be free it's just like the same thing with the works based salvation like for people who who believe that that you know what i'm saved because i'm doing this i'm doing that it's it, it helps us who, who believe the opposite right that that we are saved because of christ and his works not our works and and is by faith alone and we have uh salvation that's secured that when we share that with them it, it's freeing for them and so we're here to edify each other 
not to, you know, like I mentioned in the previous episode, right? Not to cut off people because of what they believe, but instead let us let us press them, let us ask them questions to see if, if that's what they truly believe, if that's what they truly concluded through scripture, or is that what they're just saying as a front, um, just to end a conversation they don't want to have. Let us press people, let us ask questions, and then let us present the the, the answers, the truth that we see in scriptures. Yeah. This is a non-negotiable. Yeah. This is one of the fundamentals of the Christian faith. Like, um, if I'm, if I could just briefly explain like certain things. Briefly, boxer briefs. Go. Briefly. All right. Get so, it in, bro. Get it in. <laughs> so you have, loaded, So bro. you, so you have, you have, um, a lot of people who say, well, there's singular pronouns, personal pronouns to God alone. Okay, yeah, we believe there's one God. Mm-hmm. But what do you do with the plural pronouns? What do you do with all the personal pronouns that you just read, Martin, about uh, Christ's uh, high priestly prayer, right? That he talks about Father, you, me, us. Yeah. Like you have to deal with these things in 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 the totality of Scripture itself. Not only that, but check out Genesis um, 18. Yahweh manifests Himself in front of Abraham. Genesis 19:24. That's the context where. You have Yahweh raining down fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah from Yahweh in heaven. And the thing is that many oneness people cannot answer that because you have God manifest in the not in the flesh, but humanly, right? A a theophany. You have him right there, but yet it says he still rains fire and brimstone on on Sodom and Gomorrah from Yahweh. So you have two Yahwehs. I can, as a Trinitarian, say, well, it's two persons. Mm-hmm. And each person within God can be called Yahweh. Yep. Not only that, but also look at Genesis 22. The angel of the Lord tells Abraham, I will provide the sacrifice. I will do this. Mm-hmm. Exodus 34, the great I am. Everybody yeah. loves quoting that, especially oneness. But who was speaking to in the burning bush? It was the angel of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Or, or even taking it back to Genesis, right? In the Garden of Eden, who was walking in the garden? Yeah. We know that God the Father doesn't have a physical body. So how would God the Father be walking? Not only that, but I would throw it even more personally. Look at Daniel Daniel uh, 7, I think it's 7 or 9, where it says that the Ancient of Days yeah. is seated on his yep. throne. And the one like the Son of Man is approaching his throne. It's like, dang, dude. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Because I agree with you that there are singular personal pronouns with God. But at the same time, what do you do with all the other ones? Mm -hmm. That just affirms my position even more so. Not only that, but um, in Isaiah 63, it says in all their in verse nine in all their affliction, he was afflicted and the angel of his presence saved them. And that's from Exodus. It says the angel of the Lord saved them and they saw him. They personally saw God, but according to John, it says no one has seen God. Yeah. But it says not that the only one who has seen God is the only God who is at the Father's side. Wait a second. If mm-hmm. the Father is God, who's this God? Who's God? Who's this God that John is talking about? Yeah. Who's that? He's talking about the monogamous theos. He's saying, or in other words, in Greek, Jesus being the one and unique God from the side of the Father. Yeah. What do you do with all these term? What do you do with this? It's insane. <laughs> yeah. Me reading John 1, 1, me reading Philippians 2, that affirms the Trinity for me. I remember, yeah. if, I remember I read John 1, 1, 
And I heard, I heard James White exegete the scripture. I broke down. I was crying because that's what helped me. He helped me understand that, wow, I didn't have the right Christ. Yeah. I had a false Christ. Because how long were you in the, in the oneness church? Over 22 years. That's crazy. Since I was a baby. I was born in it. Dang. I was born in it. Were you bro. baptized? I was baptized at six. Yeah. Spoken quote unquote tongues at seven, but I did that because of peer pressure. Yeah. I was scared. Mm-hmm. I only replicated what I heard my parents do. So I never really spoke in tongues. Yeah. Quote unquote tongues. And that's all the dangers of of a false doctrine. That's how it is. I mean, we make people do things that that aren't really coming from them, but a peer pressure to do it. And then they attribute it to the Holy Spirit. That right there. Is the definition of blasphemy? Yeah, really I, I think more on that and and other things in the next episode, church hurt uh, will be able to address, and it's gonna be awesome um, because church hurt will be a part, a two part episode uh, with us and our guest, which we will announce when it happens. But but you know, even just going to like how you mentioned, right? Like that's a, a church hurt that that happens to people in those churches. Um, and then we'll be able to share even just our experiences as well with Churcher. Um, but yeah, I mean, with this episode, as as we're ending, I mean, the Trinity is very crucial. I mean, we, I mean, we've said it a number of times. Um, but if somebody doesn't believe in the Trinity, um, like how I mentioned earlier, I would I would challenge you to to if you're not able to fully demonstrate it or or even be able to pinpoint it in scripture to look into these things we as christians aren't aren't called to to just read um, for our own self but we are to help each other out we are to share what we read and we are to go out and make disciples um that that what we know that we are sharing this wealth of knowledge from the bible with other people as well so they come to the same knowledge as well last thing i would actually challenge oneness people to actually read the historic creeds yeah the yeah. Uh, the apostles the nicene and also um the updated nicene the constantinople one and then also uh the athanasian creed and actually each line and sentence that is written is carefully written and designed to be replicated from scripture it's not authoritative in any sense, but each line that is spoken of is from Scripture. Same thing as us being confessionally reformed. Yeah. We, all the confessions that we have, have to have Scripture. It's not authoritative as Scripture, but it is from Scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would actually challenge oneness people to actually see the creeds, read them, and show me or show anybody where does it disagree with scripture yeah where yeah especially the nicene creed because i'm tired of oneness people just bagging on nicaea nicaea is just it was called because arius wanted to say that jesus was similar to god but he wasn't really god so he's labeled as modern day jehovah's witness yeah theology right so they weren't even talking about 
complete Trinitarian theology, but Christology is part of that Trinitarian theology, but it was talking specifically about Christ himself. Yeah, so the Nicene Creed was made to to contradict these kinds of heresies and defend orthodoxy. Yes, to anathematize them as well. Yeah. Because remember the... Remember... Get it in, bro. Get it in. Christ says... Christ says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Christ kept his promise because he gave us faithful pastors and faithful fathers that defended the faith Mm. to the death. And if they did that for us, amen, because God gave us a beautiful church history that we can all call ourselves to. Right. And it's amazing because God... You know, we like to talk about our cultures and we like to say, well, I'm Mexican-American, I'm this and that. I'm Christian. And God has given me such a rich history as a Christian. And it's so beautiful because he he cares about us. He's building his church up. Mm -hmm. To say otherwise is to call Jesus a liar. He didn't keep his promise. So he's a liar and you're right. So you know more than the son of God himself. That's hard. (laughs) <laughs> hey, uh, no said. You know what I mean. I mean, also the church historically practiced baby baptism too. But I'm just <laughs> <laughs> baptize your baby. Baptize hey, your baby. We we gonna get it in with that episode too. It's coming. It's coming. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. So uh, we we spoke a lot. We barely even scratched the surface. You know what I mean? There's so much to to get into. There's so much to talk about. Um, when we're dealing with the triune God and just the, that that can go on for days. And a couple of resources, w- one practical resource that would be a good book to read is uh, James White, A Forgotten Trinity. That's a good book to read if you're going to start to dig in deeper. If you want to get in deeper, you're going to go into Year Hardest Voss Reform Dogmatics, Volume One, right? Mm-hmm. Volume One, uh, Theology Proper. Theology Proper. Year Hardest Voss is an excellent job in describing. The Trinity, you know, begotten, inspiration, all, all these kinds of things. Um, so after you read James White, go into some real reformed teaching. <laughs> <laughs> to make your brain hurt. <laughs> to make your brain hurt, you know what I mean? So, you know, thank you, Paul, for uh, doing this episode with us. And um, thank you for sharing what you shared. And um, I hope this was edifying to the listener because that's why we do it, to glorify the triune God through the edification of the saints. That's why we do it for. Don't forget to hit us up on reformraza.com, reformraza at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, send us a voicemail uh, on the website. You can hit us up by on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, any podcast streaming platform, Google, whatever it is. Search us on the search bar on the, on the Safari or on Google, whatever you got. If you got Android or if you got an Android, buy an iPhone. That's that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> But this is Reform Raza. We do this to glorify God through the edification of the saints. Grow as we grow. Rato vatos. Later. Peace. Grow. Remember, force will be with you always. This is for the Raza.